A few weeks ago, I heard a young man preach a message, a little short outline on a subject that I have preached on and, and approached to preach on four or five different times. I believe it's so important to understand the subject that the Apostle Paul really is originally brought up in Romans chapter 8, verse 31. If you want to turn there, that's going to be the text. I, I like the way the young man did it. I just liked it. I was encouraged by it. I sent it around to people. I sent a little thing around, a little 15-minute video. And I thought to myself, I just got moved strongly to go ahead and do my version of that subject, which is what you're going to hear this morning. God is for you. I have tried to preach that in a lot of different ways and methods to try to get you to be encouraged and be helped. And the Holy Spirit, though I've learned a long time ago in preaching, the Holy Spirit's the only one that can make it stick. I can get up here and do all kinds of things, all kinds of antics, you know, do spellbound illustrations and do whatever you want to do, but only God, the Holy Spirit, will make it stick. I've listened to sermons that I didn't remember anything about, and the Holy Spirit made one sentence of that message stick in my mind, and I went home and couldn't get rid of it. It would just keep coming back to me. That's God doing that, helping you. Helping you. I know the concept that God is for you in many cases, in many cases, it's hard for people to accept the fact that God is for them. Because every other voice in this world wants to deny that God is for you. The forces of darkness and your old nature make God out to be a mean old man, if I may say a mean old grouchy man, that's looking for, just waiting for you to slip up so he can beat on you and whip on you. Your inner voice agrees with that outer voice that that's kind of the way God is. Now, this, that's really the people who's, who have not read the Bible. Why I encourage you to read the Bible is because the Bible reveals who God is. It's for you that you read it. It's the most important book ever written in eternity or now. The Word of God. The question I ask you, have you read through the Bible cover to cover? Now, you can't believe how many people have not done that, but not just one time. How about two times? How about three times? How about four times, five times? Uh, when people decide to read the Bible through every year, they literally begin to change from the inside out. I watch it with my own eyes. And that's why you hear me talk about it so much. But this mean God that the world wants to make him out to be, by the way, the devil did the same thing to Eve. He's not changed his story. He told Eve, God shorten you. If you eat this fruit, you're going to be like him. He's holding back on you. God's not holding back on you. He's trying to help you. He's trying to encourage you. He's trying to strengthen you on what counts and what's eternal. He wants to help you with that. Paul, of all people, Paul the apostle, who I would say knew God well, both he knew the Old Testament, and he helped write the New Testament. He was called the Pharisee of Pharisees. He excelled among the Pharisees is what that means. He was taught by Jesus directly after the resurrection. He suffered maybe the most persecution directly, physical persecution of anyone in the Bible, period, this, this apostle Paul. He was, he was beaten every way you could be beaten and still live wrote the text of this message today. The question is, will you believe him? 
Romans chapter 8, verse 31. Let me read it. What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Let that sink in. Let that sink in well. He uses the next eight verses after verse 31 through verse 39 to show specific reasons why God is for you. And that's not our message today. I've preached on that a few times, two, three different times. That's not our message. If God was not for us, we would know it. If God wasn't for you, you would know it. Because you'd already be gone, or maybe you never existed, because he's the one that designed you, thought about you, described you in his mind as an artist would a painting, and then created the DNA to make it so. As a picture is painted, so he thought about you. One of the hardest concepts for people to accept in their life is Jesus, Christ, God, manifest in the flesh, loves you. I know I'm not very lovable. No amens? I heard, I heard an amen on that. I heard somebody say amen. Was that you, Brother Jimmy? <laughs> Brother Jimmy. Okay, but uh, Brother Jimmy knows me. I'm not very lovable. I, I really... You know, there's things about myself I don't like. You got those? There's things about myself I don't like. If you like yourself too much, I... I Colossians 1.17 says, He is before all things, and by him all things consist. It means to hold together. The very atom is held together by God himself. Don't fool yourself. Today, if you're here, and you are here, it is because God made it so. I'm only here today because God said, I want you to live today. The first thing I want to nail down is, and I got six things here, that God sees you. God hears you. You're not ignored by God. Psalm 139, 7 through 12, some of the boys memorize this. Whither shall I go from thy spirit, or whither shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of morning and dwell in the uttermost part of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me, and thy right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, even the night shall be a light about me. Yea, the darkness hideth not from thee, but the night shineth as the day. That was before the science of infrared or the science of night vision. Think how old it is. That's 3,000 years ago. God told them, you can see in the dark, but they didn't know how. It wasn't until the last 50, 60, 75, maybe 75 years at the most did men learn that you could see at night by wearing special goggles and Picking up, there is light at night, as in you look through them, it's just like the daytime. You can see. The Bible is a phenomenal book. And the darkness, the Bible said, and the light are both alike to thee. So no place you can hide from. It's amazing. Most of the sin done in the world is done at night. People think they can hide from, they go to the, why are bars so dark? Well, first of all, if they turn the lights on, you saw how filthy they were, you wouldn't go back. 
But they keep the light down to nothing almost so that you can't see who the guy across the way is because you don't want to know who he is or they. And then everybody's in there half covertly. Psalm 34, 15 says, The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous. Do you believe it today? The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous, and his ears open unto their cry. Now, who are the righteous? That's born-again believers that have repented and trusted Christ as their Savior. And you've been given an imputed righteousness. You don't have righteousness built of yourself. You have righteousness given to you by the, by the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ and his shedding of his blood on Calvary. So we have, as born-again believers, well, now we have an imputed righteousness given to us. Psalm 34, 17 says, The righteous cry. I believe there was some crying during the storm. I believe the righteous were, the born-again believers during the storm were crying out to God, Lord, help us, help us, especially you people on the beach. Some of you people live in an island park and the forest, and some people live down by the rivers and tributaries of our area when the water began to rise so quickly. It wouldn't surprise me if you said, Lord Jesus, help us. And then may have said, where's my life jacket? And the righteous cry, and the Lord heareth and deliver them out of all their troubles. How many? God's going to deliver you out of all your troubles. I got bad troubles, preacher. I got bad troubles, yeah? God's big enough to take care of them. Ultimately and eternally, he's going to take you out of them. The former things the Bible says will not be remembered or come to mind. You may have massive loss on this side of heaven, but on the other side, you're not going to remember them because if you could remember them, there'd be tears, there would be mental pain. And the Bible says there's no pain over there and there's no tears over there and there's no sorrow over there and there's no suffering over there. So the things of this world have to fade out and be gone. That's coming for the child of God, the God who formed thee in the womb, as Jeremiah says, sees you. Who developed your DNA, sees you, watches over you. The second thing I want to mention is what is your perspective of God? Who do you think God is? Everybody has a personal perspective of God. I go around and ask people, what do you think? Who do you think God is or what do you think God's like? And it's amazing to me to see the diversity of people's idea who God is. Some, some of them are so aware. I've heard people that are, that are committing deep sins say, Jesus is okay with it. I'm like, where do you get that? Where do you, where do you get The Bible says it's wicked, wrong, and it condemned, and it's what put him on the cross. Well, they haven't read the Bible. It's just a God that they've invented in their own mind, a God that they've invented in their own spirit. Listen, your imagination did not create God, and your imagination does not dictate who God is. You, indeed, and I are supposed to find out who God is by getting into the Word of God, guided by the Holy Spirit, as once you've been born again, and He'll show you who He is. And by the way, it would be a wise thing to find out who He is on this side. But do you picture Him as mean and angry? Do you picture Him as compassionate and caring? Your perception of God will make a difference in your outcome of life. If you read the Bible, you get a clear picture you realize that God is, is love. He also is wrath. He's wrath on evil and love for those who respond. But he even loves those who hate him. He gives them rain in their due season. He gives them sunshine. You know, God in his mercy, even in this storm, Ian, it, didn't, it was blue, pretty much blue sky and no rain for the last five days after Ian. Well, with no roof on, that's a blessing. Amen. 
I mean, we've had storms come through here, and it rained for the next four or five days after the storm when people's roofs were out, and it was just horrible. Most of the damage was done after the storm. I, I, I thought about that, how God brought dry weather in. Not only did he bring dry weather, he took our air conditioning away from us, and he cooled it down. Praise be to God. God, the Bible says, Ephesians 2, 4, but God who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he hath loved us. God could not express his love any more, any more detailed than express it on Calvary by taking his only begotten son and making him bear our sins in his body on the tree. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. We just seem him stricken and smitten of God and afflicted. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised. For our iniquities, the chastisement of our peace is upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray, turned every one to his own way, but the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. It's a good day that your sins can be taken away by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. God in his love for us has made a way for our sins to be forgiven and have fellowship in heaven. Few actually understand the depth of this love. But God sees you and knows all about you, and he cares about you and loves you. Thirdly, God is for you because he uses his resources to protect and to watch over you. During the storm, I was uh, quoting to myself Psalm 34, 7. The angel of the Lord cameth round about them that fear him and delivereth them. Now, I texted that. I, I had fallen through most of the whole storm and had data. As soon as the storm was over, I lost everything. For about four days, I was in the dark. By the way, I told my wife, this isn't all that bad. Phone didn't ring. No messages. I was just in the dark, Fred. I had no TV. God bless the Lord. Hallelujah. No TV. No negative news. I heard ABC, CBS, NBC, MMS, NBC. In the first day or so of the reporting on Ian, they quoted uh, climate change 600 times. You think they're trying to shove that down our throat. If you tell a lie enough, people will believe it. Climate change may be happening, but it's not man-made. You can take that to the bank. How do I know that? Based it on the Bible, that's why. Man's not controlling the weather of the planet. God's controlling the weather of the planet. And the Lord, the angel of the Lord, cameth round about them that fear him and delivereth them. God's command is his angels to watch over you. That, that's a beautiful thought. How many stories I hear through the years and I also have experienced of how God has rescued me at the last minute a near miss. Man, I've had some near misses, and you probably all have had near misses, born-again believer. Near misses. You ride motorcycles, you get near misses. Fourthly, God has placed a hedge of protection around you. The first time I actually heard that preached on or taught on was at Bill Gothard's seminar years ago. He talked about the hedge of protection. It comes really out of the book of Job, in Job chapter 1, verse 9 through 10. Then Satan answered the Lord and said, Doth Job fear God for naught? Hast not thou made a hedge about him? That's where he gets that hedge of protection. And about his house, and about all that he hath on every side. Now notice that. His, his personal body, his, himself, and his house, 
and everything he has, his children, everything, God has hedged about Job. That was the accusation of Satan to God. Thou hast blessed the work of his hands, and that's where you get blessed from. And the substance is increased in the land. So all of that is attributory to God Almighty. He's done all that. God has made a hedge of thorns about us. He is for us. He is a hedge of protection around our life. He's a hedge of protection around your body. He's a hedge of protection around your children and your family. He's a hedge of protection around your finances and your possessions. You may not believe what I'm telling you right now. You may not accept it, but it doesn't make any difference. You can be skeptical and not believe it all you want, but it does not alter the fact that it is so, because what I'm stating about are facts about God. Everyone someday will see what God has done and is doing for us. You'll see it. Uh, Disbelief does not change the truth. Truth is truth. Truth is singular. Truth does not move. Truth cannot move. And so people that don't believe in hell doesn't change at one, one degree Fahrenheit. You can say, I don't believe in hell, consequently I'm not going there. That, that's, not, that's not logical, it's not true. God has made a hell. There has to be a hell for people like Hitler. There has to be a hell for people like Mussolini. Now I'm going back with some of you old boys. But for everybody that's done evil and wickedness and never repented and come to Christ, there has to be a place for them. And God has made it, first of all, for the devil and his angels, the Bible said. So first we see that God is for you because he sees us. God sees you. He knows what's going on. He, he's into the details of your life. God loves you. He cares about you. He wants you to be saved. Send his only begotten son on the cross so that you could be saved. God uses all of his resources to help protect us. He's built uh, the angels of God and the armies of heaven, the angel of the Lord camping around about us. Fourthly, God has placed a hedge of protection on top of all that, a hedge of personal protection about permission. In other words, we know from the book of Job that nothing happens to a child of God unless God gives permission. Some of you lost some of your homes. Some of you lost some of your vehicles. Some of you lost nothing. That was all in God's particular plan for you. That was God's plan for you. Fifthly, God is for you. How do I know that? Because he's given you the Holy Spirit. Boy, maybe the greatest gift that God has ever given me beside personal forgiveness of sin is the blessed Holy Spirit. If you look in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and 1 Corinthians chapter 6, it both says about repeats itself. It says, don't you know that the Holy Spirit of God dwelleth in us? What is being born from above is when God Almighty forgives you of your sin and dwells in you, comes in and dwells in you. Now, that would make sense that if God Almighty is dwelling in me, that that would change me. I'm not the guy I used to be. I don't think the way I used to think. I don't go to the places I used to go. I don't do the things I used to do. All of that is because the Holy Spirit now resides in me and dwells in me. You say, where is that? John chapter 14, verse 16. Look it up. This is a verse you really ought to know about and ought to look in. John 14, 16. Jesus said his words, I will pray the Father and he shall give you another comforter that that he may abide with you forever. How long? Woo, doggies, I ought to get excited. Somebody say amen. We're going to stay a long time. 
You know, when you say amen, it's like sick him to a dog to a preacher. And the more you say amen, the shorter the message gets. You want to go home before one, don't you? God has given us the Holy Spirit. God indwells in us. And the Bible says, according to Jesus' own words, he's never, ever going to leave us. And when I die, the Holy Spirit's going with me to heaven. When I'm in heaven, the Holy Spirit of God's going to be with me in heaven. Now, you may have lost a mate. We have a number of widows and widowers at the church, and you may lose just recently the Wallings, you know. Sandy Walling died, and, and, and Neil is, is in recoveries and shock up at Sutton Bay. I would be too. After 50-some-odd years with, with and having, having, by the way, 50-some 50, 50 years of a, of a good marriage, not war, but a good marriage, where you enjoyed each other's company and you have fellowship together and you helped each other and you were a team for the same goal, trying to make it happen. That's a beautiful thing. And when you lose that mate, whether it be the man dies or the woman dies, you're, you're, you, may feel, you may feel lonely, but ultimately God himself is with you through the dark nights and the long nights. He's with you. The Comforter will guide you into all truth. The Bible says he'll settle your fears. He'll give you spiritual wisdom. He will empower you with spiritual strength. He will, he will endow you with the grace and abilities to do his will. He will pray for you. Our brother uh, Tom Cronin, we, and we pray together on Wednesday night, and he mentioned about the Holy Spirit of God praying for him. Absolutely, brother. That's Bible as can be. No, you're not. The Spirit of God makes intercession for us with words that cannot be uttered. God does that. He will explain things to you. You say, I don't understand the Bible. You read it, and God, the Holy Spirit, will help you, help you understand it. He'll explain it to you. The Holy Spirit will guide you in so many ways. He'll guide you away from harm. He'll guide you into safety because God is for you. He gave you the Holy Spirit. And sixthly and lastly, God is for you because he's given us and covered us in the blood of of the Lord Jesus and cleanses us. Revelation chapter 1 verse 5 says, And from Jesus Christ, who is a faithful witness, and the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that hath loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 13 says, And now in Jesus Christ Jesus, who you sometimes were far off, are made nigh by the blood of Jesus, by the blood of Christ. The blood of Christ brings us close to God because it cleanses us from all sin. It paid, Jesus on that old drugged cross paid the price for every sin that was ever committed if people would repent and trust him. You can be saved. You say, I've had people tell me I've sinned too much, preacher, to be saved. I believe if you're talking that way, you could be saved. It's when you don't care about being saved that you can't be saved. When God hardens you to the place you don't care about being saved and you don't have any thought about being saved, I guess you're lost permanently. But if you still care, because this individual still did care, I've done some things, some wicked things I'm so ashamed of. I said, you're right to the place of being saved. If you will confess that you're a sinner, 
to God. Believe with all thy heart that Jesus Christ came, was buried and rose again the third day as God's only son, and repent of those things and trust him as your savior with just childlike faith. God will save you and birth you. Give you the Holy Spirit. Give you all this I mentioned this morning, these six things. I like Revelation chapter 12. Verse 11 says, And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. How am I going to get to heaven? Not by my good works. Not by my personal efforts. I'm getting to heaven because of the blood of the Lamb. They overcame him by the blood. How are you going to overcome the challenges in your life? By the blood of the Lamb. There's big challenges coming, by the way, after the storm. The, the beaches won't be the same. In fact, they'll never be the same, but they won't be repaired well for 10 years down the road. How do I know that? Andrew, when it hit Florida City and, and uh, well, that other city, whatever it was, Homestead. I was in Key West when Andrew hit. I was in Key West. After three days of no power, no communication, we thought, well, maybe we better go north if the bridges aren't down. So we made it up all the way through Homestead and Florida City. And it looked like an atomic bomb dropped. Trees were laying this way. Then trees were laying this way when the eye went right over that area. 235-mile-an-hour sustained wind. Had water, but not like, not like we've had. And there were people completely wiped out. I mean, whole trailer parks were just pieces of aluminum stacked together. Couldn't tell where the roads were. And I told my wife, this is a long hill. And every year I went on vacation. We went down through Homestead, Florida City every year. First year, second year, third year, fourth year, fifth year, sixth year, seventh year, eighth year, ninth year, and tenth year. It wasn't until the tenth year that it finally looked like nothing had ever happened there, except for the trees that looked were still broken off and obviously didn't grow back. This is big. There's going to be challenges come your way, and you're going to need to be able to rely upon God. What's going to happen with the tourist season? People come to Florida for the beaches. What's going to happen with the economy? What's going to happen with the restaurant industry, which is already two years hurt by COVID, now this? What's going to happen to people's jobs, livelihoods? Well, whatever, for those who trust in the Lord Jesus, God's for you. He's going to bring you through it. He's going to help you. If you're to overcome the world, the flesh, and the devil, it'll be by the blood of Jesus, I'll guarantee you. Ask God to cover you with his blood, protect you from temptation with his blood. Ask daily the Lord that God would uh, put the blood of the Lord Jesus over you. And this doesn't mean that you don't have trials. It doesn't mean we don't have troubles. But God is with you through them to overcome them. He's with you through them so that you'll eventually exit victoriously. He's with you through them that you'll defeat the enemy and the plans that ha- the enemy's plans for your life. The devil has dreams for you. I don't know if you knew that. But his dreams are just dreams. It's God's reality that I care about. Lord God, save me from the dreams of the devil. We have a philosophy, a horrible philosophy in our society today that says, follow your dream. Man, don't follow your dream. Follow God's dream for you. I didn't want to be a preacher. I want to be in the real estate and rich like all them other real estate people. I wanted to, I wanted to you know, be, be in the real estate business and do all that and have material possessions, and that was, those were my cheap, 
temporal dreams for my life. And God said, no, 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 you're going to go to school. I don't like school. When I was in sixth grade, I couldn't believe I had six more years. I got out of high school, I go, yeah. And then God said, I want you to go to college. Depressed for months. God has led me, and I thank God at 70 years old, I look back now on that, that life that God gave me, and I say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, you let me follow your way. Don't have the devil's dreams. Don't take your own dreams. Take God's dreams because he loves you and he's for you. And as I review this, God sees you. God really loves you. God has a myriad of his resources in your favor, his angels. God protects you and watch out for you. Fourthly, God is a hedge of protection about you. Fifthly, God has given you the Holy Spirit. And sixthly, God covers you with his blood. You can't lose if you walk simply by faith in what God has given you. Now, the world may say you've lost because they don't understand. They don't understand. But we say we've won by the grace of God. I hope you go out here today understanding how much, in some degree at least, how much God is for you. Father, help us today. Pray the power of God and the Holy Spirit may be demonstrated in explaining this truth to these folks. My heart's grieved at the hardships that have come upon so many folks. But we pray as born-again believers that we'd use this as an opportunity to help, get behind folks, encourage folks, physically help folks. But the more than anything, the spiritual things of life may become a reality for folks. And that the temporal things may be glaringly clear and eternal things may be glaringly clear. That those two things may be clear to us and that we may, we may shake ourselves and say, praise God for this, whatever's happened, and we're going to make the best of it and going to make it something spiritually powerful out of it. If you're here without Christ as your personal Savior, we always have an invitation to have you if you'd love to make a decision or like to make a decision for Christ or even know more about salvation, we'd like to present it to you. If you're here as a Christian and you're hurting, you'd like to pray with someone, we'd love to pray with you in confidence and kindness. Oh, God, come and work among us. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's... If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com. Or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church, Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.